You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with the Rams coming up. Dwayne Wade, three-time NBA champ, will join us a little bit later on as well. And Dan Shaughnessy. Boston Globe has written a book about the Larry Bird days with the Boston Celtics. Tonight, Warriors in the Nets, 76ers at the Jazz. Spicy basketball. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Thank you for all the uh, reaction. Those who have gone to danpatrick.com. Check out all the stuff we have. The calendars, t-shirts, hoodies, the official Dan Patrick Show puzzle. Penny's Bang Biscuits, Todd's Limerick greeting cards. We got something for everybody. They're all available at danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by Masterclass. Great to have them back this year. You want to sing like Mariah Carey, cook like Gordon Ramsay, or flow like Nas, you can gift them Masterclass unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. Now you can give one annual Masterclass membership and get one for free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming service. You can download the app and watch this program for free all three hours on our radio affiliates around the country. Fox Sports Radio lineup, iHeartRadio. The L.A. Rams are entering a strange phase here. They've seized on every opportunity they can to build a championship contender. Currently playing their worst football of the year. You pick up Vaughn Miller, you pick up Odell Beckham Jr. They had little impact on the game last night, blown out by the Niners. But they haven't had much time with the Rams, in fairness to both of those acquisitions. The rest of the team didn't show up last week against Tennessee, looked even worse last night against San Francisco. Now you go into a bye week. Now, the world's not falling around them at 7-3, and three, but there are more questions than answers. Matthew Stafford started out the season... Look like an MVP candidate. The rest of the team, uh, two disappointing weeks, just like Stafford did, throwing two interceptions in the first quarter. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they were quiet. Last night, the running game didn't get it done. In two weeks, they go to Green Bay for a very important test, and we're going to find out soon enough if the Rams' trade deadline moves pay off, if they can regain their confidence for the stretch run and uh, the uh, reaction after last night's loss, here is the head coach, Sean McVay. Robert's a very important player. You know, you never replace him. It certainly didn't help not to have him, but uh, I don't want to use that as an excuse. We didn't play well enough. Uh, we didn't make enough plays. Our best players didn't play up to their standards. We'll look inwardly. We're going to figure this thing out, and we're going to come back freaking swinging. I promise you that, all right, uh, these last seven games of the regular season. And Coach was talking about not having Robert Woods there, who is very underrated and I think uh, probably helped Cooper Cup have this breakout season. But he's not there the rest of the year. Here's OBJ on his first game with the Rams. These moments don't divide you. You know, they bring you stronger and closer together. And um, I'm happy to be here, you know, just over the bye week, be able to get in the playbook and really try and learn every single thing possible. You know, it's quick, but I I'm ready. I I'm excited. I'm just happy to be here. You know, it comes down to this. The Niners have the blueprint to beat the Rams. They run the football. They've won five straight in the series, including the uh, second longest winning streak against the Rams. That's uh, the club's second longest winning streak against L.A. The Niners picked off Matthew Stafford on the opening drive, then went 18 plays for a touchdown, really never looked back. But you run the football there, and it feels like the Rams are more equipped to stop you in the passing game, as most, most teams are, 
the Niners, when they run the football, you just asked Jimmy Garoppolo to make a couple of plays. And Debo Samuel was unbelievable last night, uh, running, catching, and San Francisco picks up the win. I don't know what this means for San Francisco because they sort of been mired in mediocrity there. And we keep waiting for them to recapture what they had a couple of years ago going to the Super Bowl. But this is what they do. They run the football and play good defense. And you saw that last night. I don't need to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do too much. Just don't do too much where it hurts us. And really, that's what it is. Jimmy Garoppolo is out there and hand the ball off, make a couple of big plays, don't turn the ball over. And if you're not going to put pressure on him, Jimmy Garoppolo was hit once last night. You're going to have a pretty high success rate if your quarterback is only hit one time. But running the football, that's a key ingredient for the 49ers. It was when they went to the Super Bowl. They ran the football. And if they can come back with that kind of game plan, I said yesterday, I thought the role they would play the rest of the season would be spoiler. I don't know if they can get back into it. It feels like everybody is sort of on the periphery of being a playoff contender. I think there's only four or five teams that you'd probably go, they're not going to be in playoff contention in a couple of weeks. But San Francisco last night, they were the better team. You didn't ask for it, but you got it. Todd has a limerick. The Niners over the Rams. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. I was going to wait a little bit later on, but I don't think that's fair to everybody. Just wanna, you just want to get it out of the way, I think. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You ready? I'm ready. A little bit of a hiccup so there. OBJ is free from the Browns and can sign with anyone who's down. His dad's video, not cool. Tried to make Baker the fool. Now he can... Well, no. See, I messed up here. Okay. So that was the last... <laughs> that was the last limer. <laughs> Because I typed put instead of out. It threw me out. <laughs> threw me off. See? Oh, See what's happening? Oh, stop it. That's two mistakes. Right? I didn't on. have my mic on like on. 30 seconds ago Come while on. I was talking. Come on. You had a great morning meeting. I gave you plus one. I did have a good line in there. Okay. Yeah, you did. There was an interception last night by the 49ers, and it was caught by the undercarriage or nether region of the uh, defensive back. And uh, Todd said that uh, he would call that a... Completed crotch. Yeah, crotch. They have to check anyway. Yeah. They should review yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Are we ready here? You ready with your limerick Let's here? Let's go for it. Because I don't know if you have the yips. It I may. I may a little like... bit. I can't reach first base. I can't reach home plate. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Okay. I rehearsed this, so here we go. Just go. OBJ and Vaughn debuts were shams. McVay's roster did not earn their clams. Niners put lotion in the basket, threw L.A. in the casket, and unexpected silence of the lambs. Rams. Right. Oh, Rams. No! <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. You made it that Todd, close and blew it. Todd, you had What it. is happening to me right you now? You had it. Oh. Everything was going smoothly. Oh. And I said lambs instead of rams. You got the yips. It was even in the above the noise headlines. I had silence of the rams. Oh, come Do on. I get another shot or that's it? Can no, no, it? you're done. No. I can't read it one no, time no, smoothly. No. Yes, Paulie. I swear, Seat and I looked at each other and we were about to give Todd a, like a laugh and applause. That was yeah. creative. That was original. Mm. Oh, it was really well done. It was well written, Todd, but it's just not executed properly. Can you get limer yips? Can you, is that a thing? <laughs> what's, I really don't understand what's happening. It's twice in a row. You might have to have a designated reader. I'm Chuck Knobloch. I know when you love when I make references from like 30 years ago. I just I can't reach first base. I don't know what's going on. It's not good. <laughs> An unexpected silence of the Rams. Yes. Dang, you the missed Rams. the most important word in there. That's just unacceptable. 
You misread your own words. But limmer yips, that's kind of, that's somewhat I clever. It's, I know it doesn't make up for messing up twice in a row, but. Well, you know, <laughs> it was a, a, a crotch. That was good. That was good. An unexpected silence of the Rams. All right, go, go ahead. Go that's ahead, okay. read it again. OBJ and Von debuts were shams. McVay's roster did not earn their clams. Niners put lotion in the basket, threw L.A. in a casket, and unexpected silence of the Rams. All right. Let's go. All right. You can't get it back, though. You can't unring the bell. No, you can't. You go. All right. You're good. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Todd. I'll take it easy. Thank you. See you Wednesday. <laughs> I'm out. McLevin, what do you have poll question-wise? Let's start with those Rams. Who's winning the NFC West? The Cardinals, the Rams, and the Niners at four and five. I guess they're out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, do the, do the Rams going to win that division? Oh, and what happens if they don't? You know what happens? Standalone game, we overreact. Now, that's back-to-back games where they haven't played well. They go into a bye week. And Von Miller and OBJ get a chance to sort of get more acclimated to the surroundings, the playbook. But I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to play this weekend. I think there's still uh, a chance that he might not be playing. You know, you can't be flirting with that. You, you got to have home field advantage because, you know, there's one team that has that first round bye. If not, the Rams are going to be like a five seed. They're going to be on the road. You know, you're going to go to Dallas to open up. You're going to go to Green Bay after that or Tampa Bay after that. That's where it gets tricky. When you want to make a playoff run, I know we've seen teams that have been, weren't the Packers a, a six seed when they won the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's rare. It can be done, but it'd be pretty difficult sledding to go to Dallas than go to Green Bay or go to Tampa. Yeah, Paul. Isn't the weirdest thing about last night's game to ignore the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is dead man walking? He, he had a great game on national TV against a very good defense. Two best defenders in, in, in sports. And there's no future for him, right? Or is there? He I gave up a ton. I don't think there is. I mean, if there is, then that means that they blew it on Trey Lance. Because you gave up an awful lot for Trey Lance. And I think the more they win, the less opportunity or likely it is that Trey Lance is going to play the second half of the season. Because if you're still in playoff contention, you're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, it feels like. But if they start to lose, they lose three out of their next five, then you might see Trey Lance as they start to make that transition into the Trey Lance era and say goodbye to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, McLevin. Jimmy only had 180 yards last night. He didn't. I could have led that team to a to a win. Did he throw any interceptions? He did not, but they ran, they had an 18-play run drive to start the game. I'm just saying that this is what you expect out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, but what happens if they fall behind? Is he a quarterback who can can get you back in? No, he's not. No. You put pressure on him, and the numbers are really bad for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if if you establish the run, and you let him just you know, make a play. Make a play to George Kittle. That's it. Just keep the defense honest. But but the fact they couldn't stop the run and they knew San Francisco was going to run because San Francisco always runs against the Rams. Yeah, McLevin. Okay, I had a poll question. Who regrets their trade the most? Miami Dolphins trading basically up from 12 to 6 to take Jalen Waddell or the 49ers traded the house to go from 12 to 3 to take Trey Lance despite all the rumors that they really wanted Mac Jones. <laughs> but if you look back at those trades, I'm not sure they make sense now. 
I think the Dolphins did well with Jalen Waddle. I don't know if they had to make – I don't know if they had to trade everything to go up to get Jalen Waddle. This year's first rounder, which could be pretty high if yeah. they continue to struggle. Yeah. Um, the Eagles with Devontae Smith. Hmm. I mean, they probably could have gotten a – that's the only thing. You probably could have gotten a receiver at 12. I don't know if it's good as Waddle. Well, the Niners could have waited and got Mac Jones. You know, they, they gave up the number 12 pick, a first and third round pick, a first round pick and 23 to move up to number three to get Trey Lance. But that was somebody, that was an organization that people thought he's the ideal quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. Chris Sims, who's great friends with Kyle Shanahan, before the draft said, it's going to be uh, Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. I don't know what happened 11th hour, or maybe they were locked in and they wanted to just, you know, try, try to deceive us there. But Trey Lance better be great. Not good. Great. And right now, he, he, needs, to, he needs more football. Because he came in basically as a one-year wonder at North Dakota State. And so far, he looks like he's just an athlete there and not a quarterback. Not yet, but... You know, let me see when he gets a full season, when it's his team. The Rams, what they traded for Von Miller, a second and a third round pick. Um, okay. The trade with Jared Goff for Stafford, that was, uh, what, first round picks in 22 and 23. But the Rams are probably going to be, obviously, at the tail end of the first round there. You know, they, they'd be giving up the 27th pick right now. You know, I, I think it was the smart move to move on from Jared Goff. Um, let, let's just see Stafford in a big game, in a big moment. Can you count on him? I mean, that's a standalone game. That's not a playoff game last night. And he threw two first quarter interceptions there. You know, OBJ looked like he stopped running on the, uh, you know, the first one. But, you know, I just want to see how Stafford does when these games really matter. And I think that's going to be the difference of, is this team going to make a playoff run or not? Yeah, McLovin. Well, you guys were talking about before the show, the Robert Woods not being there. That's It's big. <laughs> seems like a really big deal. It is. And, and he's not a household name, but if you talk to people who are around the Rams, they'll tell you how valuable he has been. And certainly helping Cooper Cup, because if you don't have him, and this is where OBJ has to step into that role, but... Cooper Cup, even though he had 11 catches last night, just didn't feel like that he was a, a true weapon as he, as he has been. But Robert Woods is a very valuable player for that team. All right, we'll settle on a poll question. Uh, we'll have play of the day, stat of the day, or stats of the day coming up. But uh, we'll check in with the Rams when we return. It's uh, coming up on 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. I mentioned Masterclass a couple of minutes ago. They uh, offer exclusive classes on a wi wide variety of topics, and they're taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. So each class is broken out into in individual video lessons that easily fit into your everyday lifestyle. You're going to get 20 lessons per class. That's normal. 10 minutes per lesson. So you go at your own pace. And if you want to uh, watch on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or you can listen with uh, the audio mode. Each class is supported by downloadable materials, workbooks, exercise recipes with over 100 classes from a wide range of world-class instructors. It's 
what you may want to do, a hobby, something that you've always said, hey, that would be great if somebody was going to teach me that. It's closer than you think. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. You go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today. That's masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms do apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll settle on a poll question. Play of the day. Stat of the day coming up. The Niners rushing numbers versus the Rams the last five games, all victories. 156 last night, 112, 122, 119, 99, averaging 121.6. If you can keep the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, you're you're doing something right because then you just ask Jimmy to compliment what you're doing doing running. And they had 44 rushing attempts. 33, 37, 33, 41. Those things take a toll on the defense. Let's bring in Gary Klein, who's uh, kind enough to uh, join us this morning, covers the Rams for the L.A. Times. How would you sum up last night's performance, Gary? Well, I think for the Rams, uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo used a term along the lines of it was kind of a soul-sucking drive, that that first 18-play march that the – the 49ers just kind of ran it down their throat. And, and as you mentioned, I think Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan's just been masterful at not putting Garoppolo in situations where he's going to make mistakes. And the last few times they've played the Rams, uh, he's played error-free, and, and we've seen what happened. Were you surprised last night? You know, Dan, I will say I chose the 49ers to win that game just because of all the turmoil that was going on with the Rams. And some of that was good in terms of, you know, the Von Miller trade. Odell Beckham Jr. is acquired. But then when they lost Robert Woods uh, just a few days before the games, uh, kind of an unheralded player that is really key to that offense. And again, with, you know, with the history, with the 49ers, it just seemed like the Rams were ripe to be beat for the second time in a row. Explain to the audience the value of Robert Woods. Well, this is a a player, Dan, that actually I've covered when he was a freshman at USC. So I've seen him grow up. Um, And even from those early days, he's a guy that is not going to complain, a very talented receiver, but really does everything, especially in the blocking game. He's a guy that that they match up against defensive linemen, linebackers, and just kind of very unselfish and gives Cooper Cup and other receivers an opportunity to, to run all kinds of routes. A, a great receiver in his own right. But really, just from a team leader standpoint, from all those things that you don't see necessarily uh, in the stat box, uh, he's been instrumental to their success since he signed as a free agent uh, in 2017. Can Odell Beckham Jr. fill that role? You know, I don't think that they're going to ask uh, o- Odell Beckham Jr. to to actually fill that role because he is not a blocker. <laughs> At least he hasn't been, you know, throughout his career, not, not uh, to the level of Robert Woods. So Sean McVay is going to have to figure out how to get him involved. And, of course, early in the season, you know, they they signed Deshaun Jackson to give them that uh, deep threat, and then they really couldn't figure out a way to get him any touches. So uh, McVay uh, didn't waste any time last night. OBJ got the first play of the game. They went to him, so it's obvious they want to get him involved. But uh, it's going to take him more than one day to fit into that offense. 
I don't know what to expect out of Matthew Stafford because, you know, wait, first couple of months, pretty good. But, you know, when it comes to big games, we want to see what he does in a big game. And it feels like this success or failure of this team might be more predicated on Matthew Stafford than Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, or Odell Beckham Jr. What do you make of Matthew Stafford so far? Well, when they traded for Matthew Stafford, that was their first sign, right, that the Rams are all in. Okay, they've got to get to the Super Bowl this year with Stan Kroenke and SoFi Stadium. They have to be playing in that game. And uh, I think the first part of the season, Stafford was an MVP candidate. He looked he looked great. Um, but these last few games, he has made some decisions uh, and some plays that really for Rams fans, I mean, I'm in the press box, but you can almost hear fans going, oh, my God, that's what Jared Goff did. He's had some series like that. And, uh, you know, he's a veteran quarterback. My sense is that with. Gary froze up there. This bye week, he'll come back. But uh, this, the ultimate test is going to be when they get to the playoffs. Better team, the Rams or Chargers? Uh, I would say the Rams at this point. But uh, Justin Herbert is a terrific quarterback. And uh, getting back to that pressure, Dan, you know, I, I can't even imagine a scenario if the Chargers really start playing well and somehow get to the Super Bowl. And Dean Spanos is in that owner suite for the Super Bowl instead of Stan Kroenke. That would be an absolute <laughs> disaster for the Rams. Handicap the Rams the second half of the season. By week, and then you got the Packers coming up. Uh, how tough is this schedule going to be? Well, I think for a, even for a team that was playing as well as the Rams, this was going to be a tough stretch. You've got road trips to Green Bay, to Minnesota, to Baltimore, all on holiday weekends, by the way. Uh, Jacksonville comes into town, but you got to go on the road to play the Cardinals as well. Uh, and then also the Seahawks come, come to your place. And the 49ers, who've been invincible against the Rams, finished the season uh, at SoFi Stadium. So it is not an easy schedule by any means. And if the Rams can't get it together, uh, they're, they're going to have some issues. Yeah, because you could end up as the five seed. And I mentioned you could be going to Dallas and then going to Green Bay or Tampa Bay. And I don't know, is this team equipped to be able to string together a couple of uh, on-the-road playoff wins? Well, under McVay, they've been pretty successful on the road. But, you know, the NFC is so stacked. And if you look at the Rams, they've only beaten one team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, early in the season that has a winning record. All, they lost to the Tennessee Titans. They lost to the Cardinals. Um, you know, they're and they're even losing now to the San you know, to the 49ers, who are probably better than that than that three and five record they had. But they've got a lot to prove. They they looked like a Super Bowl team early in the season. But 17 games, the longest season in NFL history. Um, they've got they've got a long road ahead. What about the uh, the Cardinals? Are they still the team to beat? Well, they still are, Dan, but, you know, going into the season, I don't, I don't think I'm alone in thinking I keep waiting for the Cardinals to be the Cardinals, right, to, to blow it, to not be able to maintain this. Uh, but when they were winning, you know, the week before with Colt McCoy, without even Kyler Murray, uh, they do seem like they have some staying power and that defense is pretty good even without J.J. Watt. Uh, so I don't think you can at this point 10 games in, expect the Cardinals to fold like they might have in the past. And the Rams lost a great opportunity last night uh, to gain some ground. Gary, thank you. We appreciate your time. And uh, uh, hopefully we uh, get an opportunity to cross paths again. Thank you.
Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Gary Klein. He covers the Rams for the LA Times. You know, the Rams are seven and three. They're second in the NFC West. You got a bye week. And that will be beneficial with uh, Von Miller and Odell Beckham. Really, everybody, because it's it's not only these players have to get acclimated to the system and the players and the team and surroundings. The players have to get acclimated to the new players coming in as well. Uh, McLovin, what's the poll question we're going to go with today? Okay, uh, we have a debate over here. Mm. Most exciting wide receiver in the NFL. Paulie and I are arguing about this. Because he's making a case for Debo Samuel, where I think Debo is not quite the most exciting. I don't know who the most exciting is, but I see him more as like an Anquan Bolden tough guy wide receiver. Well, he also is in a system that's not a pass happy system. He doesn't. He's not going to get as many opportunities. He has a lot. Of, he's second in the league in yards. He's he's up there. He. I, mean, well, I he's think he's great offense, when yeah. he gets the ball. I just don't know how many. Like, where is he with targets in the NFL? And I'd be curious where he is ranking-wise with targets. He doesn't go long. That's sort of what I was getting with Paul. He's no. not like your go-long, fly, like Randy Moss kind of exciting receiver. Well, nobody's like Randy Moss. Yes, Paul. Two things. I think we may have to take Tyreek Hill off this poll question. Yeah. That seems, it seems like, from excitement, that's um, for most targeted wide receivers in the NFL, Cooper Cup is number one, Tyreek Hill two, Devontae Adams three, uh, Debo Samuel seventh. So he's okay. up there, but not upper-upper. Okay. Upper. okay. I think also when you come to wide receiver, people liked. Remember Odell Beckham Jr. was the most popular receiver the NFL had ever had. They liked new, flashy, like Ceedee Lamb, uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Everyone, everyone likes the new shiny toy at wide receiver. Yeah, Paul. See, Debo plays to me like uh, Troy Palomalu played defensive back. Reckless, out of control, young, don't care about my health, run full blast on every play. It feels like every play is his last. It's, maybe it's not like he's not a speed burner like Tyree Kill, but he sure is fun to watch. He's deceptive, though. I think he's bigger than what you think, and I think he's faster than what you think. Or at least, there are guys who are football fast. You know, Jerry Rice, I always go back to, when you saw him on the field, he looked a whole lot faster than a guy who ran a four six forty at the combine. It just, there was something about him. And it's football speed as opposed to track speed. There's just something different about them. Uh, I didn't know there was a feud going on with Rex Ryan, the former Jets head coach, and Robert Sala, the current Jets head coach. But um, here's Rex Ryan on the mothership, and uh, he doesn't want to be compared to the current Jets coach. This guy's supposed to be a defensive guru. I heard everything, and I take it personal on this one. Everything I heard about was, well, this guy's a lot like a lot like myself, but without the, the bad part. Yeah, well... Some of the bad part you need because this team doesn't play with any any damn heart. I mean that that's the thing that's disappointing to me. And don't ever compare this guy to me, this Robert Sala to me, because statistically, one time they were like a top defense. All right, four. Out, here's one thing they're going to be familiar with: four out of five years, the 49ers were dead last in their division. So he's going to be dead last again. So he's used to that. So to me, I'm a little pissed off about it when when I hear that this guy, you know, his background's a lot, a lot like years no it isn't no it isn't well robert sala was on the michael k show on espn radio and here's michael's question jets head coach robert sala your thoughts on what rex said honestly you know what i've never met rex i've never had a conversation with rex i don't even know him except for people who know him throughout the league so obviously if it's that personal for him he knows where to find me so were you surprised that he said it i'm not surprised by him he's he's always got something to say how about that there is some fight in the jets it's the head coach who's got some fight in there. 
I don't know where this kind of came out of. What, was it manufactured? Because I don't know if people are going, you know, Robert Sala reminds me of Rex Ryan. Mm, okay, how? Defensive-minded coaches with the Jets? Rex had two teams that went to the AFC title game. Now, did he inherit a better team than Robert Sala did? Yeah. But I, I was like, uh, we're playing the feud, and I didn't even know we were uh, – there was a feud going on. Yeah, Seaton. And what is the uh, Robert Sala comparison, like tarnishing his great legacy with the Jets? <laughs> I mean, give me a break, dude. I, I like it felt like he was overly upset with us. Yes, Todd. And then he said, my teeth are much whider than Sala's. Why are you even going on? What has that got to do with anything? Jeez, keep it to football. Todd is obsessed with Rex Ryan's teeth. I don't know what's going on. My wife brought it up to me when we were watching Countdown, and then I took a good look at it. Like It's like you took like white out or like liquid paper and colored in each of your teeth. It's extremely porcelain white. This is the mistake that older guys make when they get their veneers, they get their teeth done. They always go too white. And then it, you know, maybe instead of a 10, go down to a six. That's it. Still look good, but don't go 10 because then, especially when you're on TV. Yes, McLovin. Do you, do you don't remember when they hired Sala? You said, finally, they found their new Rex Ryan. <laughs> I think I said, finally, they found their Rob Ryan. Well, yeah. Wasn't Rex Ryan like known as like this wildly aggressive defensive coach? Like Sala's never, I've never heard a comparison of the two. I haven't, but maybe maybe I haven't followed the local tabloids in New York about Robert Sala, defensive-minded coach, and he's coming in and he's going to bring that defensive-minded philosophy to the Jets. I must have missed that. Yeah, Paul. Do you think Rex is just trying to remind people that he wasn't that bad considering it was the Jets? He, he was 500 coach with the Jets. Yeah. Nine wins, 11 wins, eight, six, eight, four. That's, that's like, he should be in the Jets' ring of honor. He won four playoff games. <laughs> Think about it. How many other coaches in Jets history have four playoff victories? Two? But, you know, isn't it amazing, a talent like that, and he's not coaching any longer, you know? That's that's what I want to know. Okay. He inherited a very good team, by the way. And then spent five years dismantling it. (laughs) (laughs) He had no clue on offense, but, you know, the defensive-minded coach, and they they got results. You know, going to the AFC title game twice. They haven't been to the playoffs since he left, in fairness to Rex. But I I think you're right, Paulie. I think it's like, hey, don't forget about how great I was. Or I wasn't that bad. And he doesn't want to be compared. But I don't know who. Can you find any article that says Robert Sala is the next Rex Ryan? Yeah, Paulie. Coach Sala also went, you know where to find me, which is the beefy guy's scoreboard. I like it. It's like, if it comes to it, I'll meet you outside. I'll meet you outside. You know where to find me. It's of that ilk. Like, that's a, I'll fight you, but I'm not saying I'll fight you. Yeah. You know where to find me. And he wears those medium long sleeves to show the traps at all times. I'm going to go Sala there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Sala. You know, with tail of the tape, Sala looks like he's uh, in a little better shape there. Yeah, I didn't know that there was this uh, this feud going on between the two. It's good for TV, but it might be just Rex saying, hey, you know what? I did some pretty good things there, and nobody's done anything since I left there. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, you forget, like, there's there was Adam Gase for a while there. There was Todd Bowles. I don't even connect Salah and Ryan. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think just because he came in as a defensive coordinator – and uh, with San Francisco, yes, Eden. Hey, let me tell you, okay, I take that personal, okay? <laughs> I take that personal. 
Wow. I don't see Eric Mangini <laughs> saying anything about Sala. No, because Mangini, I think, built that team, that roster. He played a really large role. And then Rex came in and took over what I think was considered a pretty good roster, a talented roster. I don't hear Rex saying, hey, I'm going to thank Eric Mangini for uh, helping me with that the team that went to the AFC title game twice. Man. Rare. I like it, though. <laughs> Like there's no, this team has no fight. And then you have the current head coach who's willing to meet you anywhere. You know where to find me. Yeah, Paul. The first year Rex Ryan was with the Jets. Mark Sanchez was his quarterback. Sanchez, no offense, threw 12 touchdowns and 20 picks in the end of an AFC title game. You should win coach of the year for that. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Well, Rex was never good with the offense to begin with. They had Thomas Jones and Sean Green and average like four and a half yards a carry yeah. as a team. Yeah. Run the football and play good defense. But but Rex is sounding a little bit more like his father, Buddy. His Buddy was irascible. Like Rex is a personality, you know, but you know, was he a great co- head coach? No. But he he did understand defense, and his brother understood defense, and his father understood defense. Yeah, McLove. Do you think Buddy Ryan could survive in today's game, considering after a game he admitted putting a bounty on the opposing kicker? No, no. <laughs> no he could not. No. The NFL would frown upon that. But Buddy just didn't care. I love the few stories you've had of being oh, around him and how tough he was. It was when he was with Philadelphia, and I, I asked him about the offensive line and Randall Cunningham getting sacked. And then he's like, Oh, bleep, we'll just let anybody sack him. And then he walked away from me. And I'm interviewing him. Because I said, hey, coach, uh, what are you going to do to you know, ensure that Randall Cunningham doesn't get sacked 62 times or whatever it was? Oh, we're just going to let anybody sack him. And then he walked away. And then the PR guy runs and says, hey, you know, come on back here. You know, I think I was at CNN at the time. He's like, you know, got to come back. It's CNN. They're doing a profile. And so I started with the same question again. Because I didn't get an answer. That's what really it was all about, that you had Randall Cunningham and he was getting sacked 60 times. And I said, so coach, what are you going to do to uh, ensure that Randall Cunningham did? Oh, we're just going to let him get sacked. I went, oh, my God. And then that, I think he realized that he had to answer it. And then he sort of did in some way, shape or form. And then I did this interview that didn't last very long. I don't think I spoke to... Buddy Ryan after that. Yes, Paulie. There's some of those coaches where it feels like it could be go time. And those old guys you think might not take a swing, like Bum Phillips and those guys in the old days, they seem like they're just one step away from hitting someone. I never worried about Bum Phillips because he was just, he was a character, but he, he wasn't, I never thought that he could strike me. Buddy, Buddy could have taken a shot at me that day. And, and I wouldn't have been surprised. But yeah, it was one of those that I, like, how can you, Go into an interview preseason, not knowing I'm going to ask you about your offensive line and Randall Cunningham. Oh, we're just going to let everybody sack him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, see. Bunch of red faces there yelling. Uh, I, I think it'd be awesome if more coaches answered like that. Like, uh, hey, what are you going to do to, uh, you know, get Odell Beckham open? Oh, yeah, we're just going to let him get double teamed the whole game. <laughs> They just throw it right back at you. <laughs> I think I used the soundbite from Buddy Ryan in the piece. I might have. Oh, we're just going to let everybody sack him. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember Buddy Ryan knocked out his offensive coordinator with the Oilers? I think it ended his career. Oh, yeah. 
Can't hit Calvin Kevin Billwright on yes. the, the sideline because yes. he disagreed about the run pass ratio. Just slugged him. This NFL, we're worried about your shirt being tucked in. You yeah. used to beat up offensive coordinators. Yeah. You got to make sure your socks are pulled up correctly. <laughs> Buddy's, you know, punching people, knocking dudes out. Yeah. <laughs> you call one more draw play. That's it. Your ass is on the ground. He definitely would have taken a swing at you there. You realize that. Yes. Yes. He could have. If I asked the question one more time. <laughs> He probably could have. He, he would have gotten me. And what would you do? I mean, you could obviously take a 65-year-old buddy, Ryan. Would you have punched back? Or I don't know. Have... That was old guy strength. <laughs> Plus, you know, I probably weighed 175. You know? And he was going to surprise me. He was going to, I'm holding a microphone. I've got a suit and tie on. You know, I wouldn't have expected a punch coming my way. Oh, we're just going to let anybody sack him. Yes, Paul. <laughs> you don't want to fight an old guy either. You think they're in their car hearts and their overalls, and they'll swing at you. They don't use their turn signals. Don't fight an old guy. Yeah, yeah, buddy Ryan. Let's take a break here. Play of the day is coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God! The play, the play, is called play. of the day. Runner left side, got it. I'm gonna play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. News check out right, three right. Garoppolo back on fourth down, throws over the middle. It's caught by Debo again. <laughs> Breaks a tackle. He's gonna run in the end zone for a touchdown. What a night by Debo Samuel on Monday Night Football. Touchdown, San Francisco. Courtesy of KNBR, the Niners radio network, Debo Samuel finished with five catches, 97 yards. He's got 979 yards so far on the season, second most through nine games in Niners history, trailing only Jerry Rice, who had just over 1,000 back in 1990. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by empowering your investment portfolio opportunities in Puerto Rico and Peller new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island available now in Peller your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico learn more at investpr.org slash impeller a couple things looking ahead to uh, this uh, next week's schedule in the NFL Dallas at Kansas City is a big one that'll be a 425 on Fox Pittsburgh at the Chargers. Not sure the availability of T.J. Watt. Uh, Washington at Carolina. Cam Newton going back. Uh, he, he re-debuts in Charlotte. Cincinnati at Las Vegas is another uh, spicy one as well. Plus, you have the uh, standalone game on Thursday night. So everybody will have an opinion on Mac Jones. It's the Patriots at Atlanta. And that'll be Thursday night on Fox. Um, we're going to have uh, a, a referendum on Matt Ryan. We're going to have one on, let's see, Mac Jones, definitely. 
Bill Belichick, the defense. Yeah, Pauling. If you're a Falcons fan, this is a tough year. It's actually probably a tough five-year stretch. Now you have to be reminded on national TV of the last big game that the Patriots played against mm. Atlanta Falcons, and that's going to be that twenty-eight-three thing is going to be bombarded mm. to start the show on Thursday night. Mm. That's tough. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but these standalone games—that's when everybody has an opinion. On Friday, we're going to have opinions. You know, it's Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback. Now is he the best rookie quarterback we've seen since? Because. He's the best rookie quarterback in this class. But that's not saying a whole lot. But Mac Jones has been exactly what Bill Belichick thought he was going to be. And the same with Nick Saban. Saban said he's very similar to Belichick. Uh, You know, a very bright guy. uh, And, you know, I think that he's done exactly what Bill wants. I wanted to see him open up a little bit and just see if he's going to be able to pass the ball 15, 20 yards downfield. It helps if you have somebody you can throw it to downfield. But the defense is really the key with the Patriots. That's a good defense. And um, you, know, you start to look at who's going to make the playoffs and can uh, the Patriots put pressure on the Buffalo Bills to win the division? Who would have thought that to start the year? But it's a good team. Yes, yeah, Mac Jones is for real, okay? Mac Jones <laughs> is for real. And this is why the Patriots drafted him. <laughs> That's Jimmy Jimerson. Thank you, Jimmy. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Dan Orlovsky uh, had a tweet. Remember when we were told Mac Jones couldn't quarterback an explosive offense? Patriots have 48 plays of 20 yards or more. Second most in the NFL. 51 all last season. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what stat of the day. Stop. We'll talk to Dwayne Wade. He'll join us uh, coming up next hour. And Dan Shaughnessy at the Boston Globe's ha- Globe has a book out on the uh, Larry Bird Celtics. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that's in there, I was fortunate to be around the Celtics, certainly when it came to playoff time. Uh, didn't cover them anywhere near on a daily basis like Dan did. Larry Bird had a uh, nickname for Dan Shaughnessy. He called him Scoop. Because he, uh, he would always get the inside information there. But uh, we'll talk to Dan Shaughnessy about the uh, Celtics of the mid-80s there. Uh, it's National Food Day, Fast Food Day. And uh, the Danettes posted their pictures of what they would like to eat. And I had to go around and guess which ones. So you had Fritzy is a big Burger King guy. All right. Yeah, I like burger. I like that there's onion rings you can get there. I like their original chicken sandwich in particular. Yeah. Uh, it's the best when you get the fries and a couple of onion rings there all in. There you go. Mm. That is good living, right, toddler? That's like Christmas. Yeah. Seton is a five guys. Heck yeah. Um, McLovin is... I put Wendy's, although I, I kind of want to audible to Shake Shack. I wasn't sure if that counted. Yeah, I think Shake Shack would be fast food. Paulie went with Culver's. I don't eat fast food. It's been like decades, but Culver's is... Uh, Originated in Wisconsin. Really good ice cream, really good burgers. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a fast food guy. I remember when Burger King and McDonald's, but if you went to Wendy's, like that was a step up. Ooh la la. Yeah, like you're, oh, you're going to get a triple? And you're going, yep, I'm going to Wendy's. A frosty? Frosty. Chili? I haven't been, I haven't been in a long time, like Arby's or Sonic. I've gone in and out Burger. When I go to L.A., I've done that. Why? Oh, don't do that. 
Oh, yes, Todd. A little hot fudge sundae at McDonald's after your, you know, your chicken McNugget meal. It's nice. A little quarter pounder with a hot fudge sundae. Dwayne Wade's going to join us in 20 <laughs> minutes from now. One more item as we close out the first hour. Puerto Rico is the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities. But finding the right projects to invest in can be really difficult. That's where Impeller comes in. I-M-P-E-L-L-E-R. They take the guesswork out of the equation. Impeller is a new online tool. It's spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between you, the investor, and on-island projects looking for capital. Discover innovative projects across all sectors. They have healthcare. They have tech, clean energy, visitor economies, and commercial real estate. Impeller easy-to-use features allow you to get right to the deal. Plus, you can find insights like financials, company background, leadership, performance needs, and more as you move forward to make an informed decision when investing in Puerto Rico. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller. Set up your account today. Gain access to quality, innovative deals that are right for the taking. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico.